world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. The trade the trade season keeps on rolling and the Damian Lillard trade, the, the, the final haul for the Damian Lillard deal keeps on growing. You are listening to Monday, October 2nd show, but on the morning of, of Sunday, October 1st, the Blazers have shipped Drew Holiday, the era, the Drew Holiday era that lasted not that, what, two full days, uh, two and a half days. After two and a half days, not reporting to, to Portland, uh, I think it was pretty clear when when DeAndre Ayton and Tumani Kamara showed up at the Blazers practice facility and there was a video of them welcoming, you know, looking at their new jerseys and all that stuff, and Drew Holiday hadn't reported, I think it was pretty clear that the Drew Holiday era was not going to uh, not going to start here in the City of Roses, and now he is officially headed to the Boston Celtics, according to multiple reports, uh, including Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, according to Woj. Uh, the Celtics get Drew, and the Blazers in return get Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 first-round pick from the Golden State Warriors that is top four protected, and a 2029 unprotected pick from the Celtics. I think this, I, I think this turns out looking pretty darn good for Joe Cronin's Portland Trailblazers. The pivot from the Damian Lillard era is... Uh, you know, I don't know if this is so impressive, but this is a darn good haul in the end. Um, I want to talk about, you know, like f- flipping Malcolm Brogdon in the future and all that in, in, in a little bit. But like for now, uh, it does sound like according to the Woj reporting that the Blazers do plan to hang on to Robert Williams, but they will shop the veteran Brogdon. Both Williams and Brogdon have this year and next season fully guaranteed on their deal. So it's not like they're expiring contracts. Um th- it is, it, this is, I think this is pretty much good stuff. Uh, let me, let me expand on the sort of my thoughts on good stuff. And then we'll talk a little about Robert Williams and, and Malcolm Brogdon to close the show. So when this trade first went down, I said that it's like, I like the risk on DeAndre Ayton because I think he can grow in Portland. He's a really talented offensive player. And he's, you know, if you could, if you could coax a little bit more out of him defensively and you can get some consistency and he can sort of grow in this sort of playing with force aspects when he's um, in a, just a different role in Portland, then it can be really, he can be really good. But it was TBD, right? It was TBD. It was like, hey, DeAndre Ayton, impressive, um, you know, in, in, at least an impressive talent. But before you, you know, really say like, did Joe Cronin nail it with the Dame trade? You have to see what happened with Drew Holiday. And now that you see the final haul, which is going to end up being two unprotected first round picks in 2029, one from the Milwaukee Bucks and one from the Boston Celtics, a 2024 pick from the Warriors. The Warriors probably going to be pretty good this year. So there's a late round pick next year. Uh, but like, you know, it's it's a first. It, you'll get a first round pick, and if the Warriors do stumble, you, you, hey, you know what, Blazer fans, it'll be easy for you to root against Golden State. So go ahead and do that. You want them to have, you know, be the fifth worst team in the league. Uh, you get those picks. So a 2024 pick, two picks in 2029, and the rights to swap in 2028 and 2030 with the Bucks. Uh, you know. I think a lot of the sort of debate over the summer was like the the picks from Miami have no value and some of them are pretty far out. And I, and my uh, argument was always like, 
I'm willing to take a bet that Miami won't be at nearly as good as they are right now in the sort of post-Jimmy Butler, perhaps post-Pat Riley era. But it's a lot easier to bet on a mid-market team in a cold-weather city in the middle of the United States that had long droughts of not winning playoff series. Miami hasn't had long droughts like that. They've had some down years, but not long droughts. The Milwaukee gamble is pretty darn good on them being perhaps, you know, bad in 28 and 29 and 30. Um, you know, you outright you have their outright pick in, in 2029 and you have the rights to move up and get their picks in 28 and 30. Those are more valuable, I think, in terms of just the straight gamble than anything you could get from Miami. Obviously, Gerald is a, a roughly one kajillion times better than Tyler Hero. Um, not a kajillion. That's probably too high of a number, but he's a lot better at um, winning basketball than, than Tyler Hero is uh, for my money. Uh, and then you are able to flip him because of his value as a winning basketball player. 2029 pick from the Celtics. They're so good and young. It's hard to know. It's a long way away, right? Like that's that you're you're talking, you know, six drafts, five drafts, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. That's your six. So five drafts in between there and now. That'll be six drafts later. It's a it's a long time. It's a long time. Um, so it's hard to know. But I mean, they have a young core, right? Like. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are pretty good, so it's it's all it's not too dissimilar from taking that risk on Miami. I think down the line, if you're if you're trading with a good team, getting an unprotected pick far out into the future when uh, they don't know what you know what their sort of success level is going to be, that's that's what you'd much rather have than say like a twenty twenty seven pick from the, from Boston. You want even though it's like that's like a sixth grader or whatever the twenty twenty nine pick. I think you want to bet on it being far out. I think that's good business. I like the swaps. Uh, I like the 2029 picks, particularly the I, I like the Bucks picks in general. I think that's a I think that's like a pretty darn smart gamble. 2024 pick from the Celtics is or from the Warriors is fine. It's not um, it's not a prized asset, but you want to load up on picks, right? So you get three outright picks and the right to two swaps. You get DeAndre Ayton, you you get uh, Robert Williams, and you have Malcolm Brogdon for now. This is not the thing that I had envisioned and I, I, I well, shout out to shout out to the homie Pete um, who texted me who broke the news to me by texting me and I quote in all caps Joe Cronin got that dog in him um, thank you Pete for alerting me to look at uh, look at Twitter so I could find out what the heck you were talking about but when I learned what the heck you were talking about, we we had a conversation, and Pete and and I, I talked about this with Pete. Pete was excited. My friend Pete was excited, and I, I I said to Pete, you know, like it's what I would have done is maybe prioritize players on rookie contracts. But that text conversation has now happened about twenty minutes ago since I pressed record. And Pete, I'm going to take it back a little bit. I can see the logic here, right? Um, if you're going to trade with Boston, if you know, because like Drew Holiday wanted to go there reportedly, and and the teams that were going to be interested in Drew Holiday were going to be, um, really you know teams really good teams because he's a he's a he's a winning type player, right? He's not a he's a go for it type player, um, but I would have I I said you know you know maybe maybe it's uh you I would prioritize players on rookie contracts like players under team control and on rookie scale deals, but when you have Scoot. And you have Shane Sharp, that's two. And Jabari Walker, that's three. And Chris Murray, that's four. And Ryan Rupert, that's five. And Tumani Kamara, that's six. Um, when you have that many players under rookie contracts, it isn't super, 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 super imperative that you trade for guys on rookie deals because you have the sort of team control, young developmental parts on the roster. This was about maximizing your value. And if the value meant veterans, 
that's that's probably better business. So Pete, what I text you before, I think I think I've changed my logic a little bit. I think this is a good deal. It is, um, you know, the the reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski over the weekend since I last recorded was that Joe Cronin um, basically prioritized like deep secrecy in order to be able to pull off this trade with the Bucks because the Bucks were going to require him to be secretive and because Cronin was worried that if word got out, basically Aaron Goodwin, Dame's agent, would would you know torpedo some trades and make sure that none of those none of the players uh none of the teams were as willing to um offer what they could offer and that dame would end up in miami right and cronin act, acted in the best interest of the team i maintain he did a really good job and i think that there's some interpersonal stuff that looks like uh not ideal the good job and a really good job and maybe not the best way you could do that really good job but in the end, like in the long-term tale of this, what matters is the return. Um, you know, you'd think that you'd like it's all, you'd like to get both, right? Like everyone feels really good. And I think when um, the Milwaukee Bucks are in the Eastern Conference Finals, Damian Lillard will feel really good. Uh, but, you know, it is, Cronin was committed to getting the right deal for the Portland Trailblazers, which is quite literally his job. <laughs> it's quite, quite literally his job is to get the best deal for the Portland Trailblazers. Best, I don't know, but this is a darn good one. This is a darn good one. Uh, it's this is this is check some boxes, um, and probably the first and foremost box that it checks. Uh, <laughs> in a way that uh, I have made fun of Joe Cronin in the past is. He added a tall person. Let's talk a little bit about Robert Williams in that second segment. But first, I want to tell you about game time. Look, it's football season, and maybe you are debating whether to go to a football game in your area. And you're like, well, they play Saturday night. Do we want to go? It's college football, so they won't even announce the times until like the week of. So you can't even really make the decision whether you're going to need childcare, whether you're going to have to stay somewhere, get a hotel room and all that stuff. You might just be stressed about trying to buy last minute tickets. Well, how about you take out the stress by using the Game Time app? Uh, they got last minute ticket prices, flash deals, zone deals all over the stadium. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, the you're looking for the sports tickets that you want, you can go get them on the Game Time app. Um, and all of their prices. What I like about Game Time, their prices show the all in price. So it's not like you're going to say, oh, these are only thirty eight dollars, and then you click through and there's twenty five dollars of fees and there's a there's a print at home fee, even though you're just going to send it to your phone. It's just all nonsense, and you're paying twice as much money on the back end what you see is what you get with the game time app and they got tickets right up to the start of the event so like if, if you haven't made your decision that you're gonna go and say you live close to where you're headed you can like you know an hour before an hour before kickoff heck yeah let's go to Hudson. let's let's figure it out check out game time so Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, what you do is you're going to use that redemption code Locked On NBA. That's L O C K E D O N N A N B A. I misspelled NBA, even though it's, a, <laughs> it's the letters itself. That's Locked On NBA is the promo code. One more time for you, you get twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So let's talk about Robert Williams. Uh, he's, he's according to Adrian Wojnarowski, and Woj seems to be pretty plugged in with Joe Cronin, he, the Blazers plan on keeping Time Lord himself. When Robert Williams plays, he's just straight up good at basketball. 
when he plays, he's really good. Um, you know, last year he averaged eight and eight with one and a half blocks and, and, and uh, one and a half assists. Shot 75% from the floor. Um, he finishes lobs. He's not like a individual offense guy, right? He's a, he's a, he's, his value is as a clean, cleans up the glass. He's a, he's a lob finisher and he's a, he's a role man. Uh, he is, he's, he, the passing I think is always impressive with him. If you, if you get two on the ball and Robert Williams is your, is your, uh, escape or release valve in the pick and roll, he's a good passer. He's a, he's a, he's a better passer than some sort of some of his other skills would suggest. I think that's super helpful. And he's just a really good defensive player. It's a really good defensive player. He can be a rim protector. He can guard in space a little bit. He is physical. You know, he's not like physical, like locked down Joel Embiid by himself. But if you do have to guard centers, you can ask Robert Williams to do that, right? Like, it's just why well, I use like Embiid and maybe Jokic as an example. It's like, no, he can guard those dudes. So being like, well, he can't guard Jokic. Great. <laughs> Great. Add him to the list. <laughs> Add him to the list. But he can really, he can really play. He can really, really play. The problem with him is availability. The problem with him is availability. Uh, you know, he's he's 25, about to turn 26 uh, before the season starts. But So he'll be 26 on opening nights. But he just hasn't played a ton of games. Um, you know, he played 61 in the 21-22 season. He played 35 last year, missing time with, with knee knee problems early in the season. And and and, and that continued on uh, into the playoffs. And, and I think that's that's the question, right? Like that's, that's the question is that he's had, he's had knee stuff. He's had ankle stuff. He's had some hamstring injuries that have come back up. He's, he's like, he's just had a lot of things, a lot of challenges staying on the court. Uh, I think that is maybe one of the reasons that the Celtics are willing to move on from the other one being that they have Chris Epps Porzingis now and they can they have another guy to be big uh Chris Epps not even close to the defensive player that Robert Williams is but at least they you know he's going to eat up into some of his minutes I I like I like the Robert Williams it's not even a gamble I like the Robert Williams acquisition because if he is capable of playing you have a 26-year-old very good center who does exactly what you want modern centers to do he rebounds, he rolls to the rim, he finishes lobs, he blocks shots, he guards in space. He doesn't he doesn't need post-up touches. He doesn't want post-up touches. You don't have to do that for him, right? Like you can he's not a shooter, he's not gonna space the floor and all those things, but he can work in the dunker spot and play. Like he can play. But if he was your starting center, it might be a lot to be like, well, as long as they've got Robert Williams for 75 games, they're gonna be fine. But they don't need Robert Williams for 75 games. The Blazers, it's not that they don't need him to play, right? Like, you don't trade a player to be like, well, it's fine, 58 games. But they have DeAndre Ayton already. So they don't need, they don't, they're not going to need to rely on 35 minutes of Robert Williams. I don't even think the Blazers are, like, prioritizing necessarily, like, being a playoff team right now. More on that in a moment. But uh, it's, they have some insurance with, with Ayton where it's like, Hey, if, if Robert Williams, if the best way to get 70 games out of Robert Williams or, or whatever it is and healthy in, in for longer stretches is to limit him to 22, 24 minutes a night, well, they have an easy path to do that because Aiden can eat up those minutes. The other thing that you have to address here is like, can those two big guys play together? 
I think in the regular season, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can play them together. You don't, I think with, with Williams and with Aiden and with Scoot on the floor, you are going to be a little light on shooting. Aiden has mid-range, mid-range touch for sure. And he has at times in his career taken threes, not, not with any real regularity. He's never made them with regularity, but he, I think there's a world in which DeAndre Aiden becomes, you know, like he has shooting touch. I don't really want to push someone his size and build out into the corner. That's not that's not my ideal version of basketball. Hey, dog, go stand in the corner. But I think during the regular season, you can get away with two big lineups more so than in 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 the playoffs, in which lack of shooting and the way that teams game plan for you would matter. I don't think they're going to play a ton of minutes together. Um, like I don't think you you need to do that, but you can get you know if you need to play eight. 12 minutes a night with both of them on the court and then they split the other minutes when the, when the other guys rest. I think with Robert Williams, DeAndre Ayton pairing is fine. And moreover, it's just a bunch of young, talented players. And I've been teasing Joe Cronin about oops all guards and not, not adding tall people. He added a viable 26-year-old, very good, very good center. Then he added, that's Robert Williams. He added a 25-year-old, very good, you know, with real 2010, maybe even like 23 and 12 type of upside in DeAndre Ayton. It took him a while since he took over to kind of find his direction. Unequivocally, Cronin has found his direction now. But he's probably not done. Malcolm Brogdon is... Heck, was almost traded earlier this year. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Blazers are, they want this to be Scoot and Amphrey Simon's team, and they want Shaden Sharp to play minutes at the two. Like, they don't want to add another veteran guard and to cloud the mix. They might for a little bit, but they are, according to Woj, continuing to be open to deals for Malcolm Brogdon. And listen, Joe Cronin was going to get the best deal and continuing to expand the trade, keep the train rolling is just a continuation of that process. He's a man who was focused on maximizing his return for Damian Lord. Maximizing the return means continuing to kick the can down the road and find a deal for Malcolm Brogdon. Let's talk a little bit about that and a little bit about the makeup of the Blazers roster in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pastor, sport guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. The Drew Holiday era is done. Robert Williams is in tow. Malcolm Brogdon also heading to the team along with some draft picks. Brogdon is, you know, for, former rookie of the year, uh, just a straight, straight up good basketball player. He also has had some health stuff, um, but like, you know, he's sixth man of the year. He's he's uh, last season, like he's he's. He could play. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's controversial to say he could play. Right now, if, if the season were to start, and we will see. I'm recording this like a, before 10 in the morning on Sunday, October 1st. So uh, if things change after you hear this, that's why. But like Brogdon can help. And right now, I think he would be fine. You, would, you could slot him in as your backup point guard, and it would be okay. I'll be a little bit crowded minutes. It's only 96 minutes to go around with the backups, but um, it's it, it wouldn't be ideal, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the end of the world. But the, I feel like the most likely scenario is that Brogdon ends up somewhere else. 
that somewhere else could be a lot of different places. Like he's he could he's helpful. Um, you know, he's not the Drew Holiday level of player where like every good team in the NBA is going to be like, how can we how can we acquire him? And with two years left on his deal, it's not Drew where it's like, um, you know, Drew is is one plus a player option, but he's probably going to opt out with a chance to extend. So like, uh, you know, it's it's uh, for Malcolm Brogdon, you're committing to the full two years probably because you're not. I don't think a team is likely to grab Malcolm Brogdon and immediately give him the money because he's just not the level of Drew Holiday. But he can help. And earlier this year, the the Los Angeles Clippers got pretty far down the path of acquiring Brogdon before some health concerns made them rescind the trade, kind of go back, go back on the trade. And 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 I think, you know, I think in general the injury stuff. Different teams interpret it different ways, and depending on what your needs might be, you might interpret it different ways. And I, I think that's. I think that's part of it. It's, um, you know, at the time in early in the summer, maybe the the, the Clippers were like, eh, that's too much of a risk for us to take on. But now, as teams are like, hey, we're mostly built out. What if we added Drew? Uh, we, excuse me. What if we added Malcolm Brogdon as our you know our sixth man? You know, you have a little more clarity about where you're headed, and the, the injury stuff you can feel you might feel differently about. I think Brogdon's likely on the move. I think Joe Cronin's going to continue to expand this trade. I think it's I think it's pretty obvious, you know, I mean, Woj has been on it, like with from the Cronin angle. Like Brogdon, beyond just the Clippers, teams will um teams will there will be people that are interested in Malcolm Brogdon. Um because because he can help. And that has value for the Blazers. If he wants to stay, it's not ideal because, like, I think the Blazers just want to play their young guys. And let's talk a little bit about the young guys. You got Scoot. He's probably your starting point guard. You got Anthony Simons. He's going to start. Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Aiden. Shaden Sharp, Robert Williams. Um, <laughs> who, who else? You know, Jabari Walker, Chris Murray are going to play the forward spots. I think they're still pretty thin there. Um, you know, the back half of the rotation with, you know, if, if beyond that, with Ryan Bear and uh, Tumani Kamara, Moses Brown, it's a little thin, a little thin. Like, I, I think the Blazers are, I think the Blazers are pretty good. Like, uh, there was a time earlier this summer where I thought they were going to come away with, you know, assuming that they were going to take some version of the heat trade and end up with, like, um, youngsters who I don't think were very good, like Hakez and Jovic. Um, you know, I, I thought they were going to be something like a, 22 win team um i believe i was on the lockdown fantasy basketball podcast and i had the blazers i predicted them to win 24 games they're better than that now ayton is a, an upgrade over yusuf nurkic robert williams as a backup big is a, is a get like a lot of teams would want that um the the starting lineup makes mostly makes sense with Matisse Thybul and Jeremy Grant and, and Amphrey Simons and Scoot a little small in the backcourt, but it mostly makes sense. Like the the, the 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 front half of the rotation fits together really nicely. I think they're missing some depth, and I think that matters. Like I think, I think, I think just like generally speaking, their lack of depth will be the thing that makes them a not particularly competitive team, uh, but. They're they're better than I thought they were. I think they're a team that could win, you know, in the 30s now because of because of their level of talent. 
Is that a problem? No. I don't think they need to be bottom out truly awful. The West is so competitive this year. Like the West is like, there's just so many good teams in the Western Conference that being like, t being pretty good is going to be hard. And the Blazers are not quite there just because of their, you know, unless Jabari Walker and Chris Murray are really good. And I, I'm not sure, I'm not, as of right now, I'm not willing to like say that that's very likely, but that's like a lot of their success is like, if those two dudes are NBA players, which is a big ask, then they're, they'll be a competitive team but otherwise they're just they're gonna be yeah they're just young even scoot henderson it's like like penciling him in to be like a positive contributor is seems unlikely at 19 uh, you know i think he's gonna end up being a very very good basketball player but young players generally struggle so i think i think a couple things as we wrap up my thoughts here on the trade i think joe cronin did a good job i think it could continue to expand with brogdon because he's going to have suitors because he's a good basketball player the Clippers among them, but you know, teams that were teams that were vaguely interested, right? In, in in Drew Holiday could have some interest there with Brogdon. It's not they're not that similar of players, right? But but uh, same idea, right? Veteran guard, veteran guard help that might check the box for some other teams. Continue to expand the trade. I think the picks are you know while they're far out, I think they're a decent bet to be pretty good, um, and they might end up being pretty good right when. Scoot Henderson hits his prime. And if that kind of lines up perfectly, man, did you do a good job betting on any, like even, even getting a high draft pick and getting it right is hard enough. So it's just like, they did a good job. What you want to do is you want to have, give yourself a really a, a opportunity to have a good draft selection. Then you want to get it right. But opportunity is the first thing you want to do. And I think the Blazers have an opportunity to do that. albeit pretty far down the line. It's a good, good, good maneuvering. Joe Cronin did a really good job here in terms of, um, pivoting. It's, this was not an easy deal. Um, like I said, I, I, I think maybe there's some, there's some evidence that he could have handled it a little better interpersonally, but in terms of delivering for the Portland trailblazers, he delivered, but boy, is it a weird new era. Amphrey Simons is the most tenured blazer by three seasons, three seasons, the second longest tenured Portland trailblazers, second longest tenured Portland trailblazers. Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, Jabari Walker. Uh, technically, Shaden Sharp, right? Because he signed his contract shortly after, after the draft. Shaden Sharp is the second longest tenured Portland Trailblazer. It's a new era. It is a new era. And I think that is something in and of itself to be excited about. You know... It was a slow two-year teardown that had some painful moments for Joe Cronin, but I mentioned this heading into the offseason, is that every single player on the roster heading into the summer, like after the trade deadline this year, so so March, what, March and on, had been drafted or given a new contract by Cronin. Like, it was his team. He had put totally... Totally, totally put his stamp on it, right? 100% put his stamp on it. Every single player on the roster had either received a new contract or had been drafted by Cronin. And now it's even further. Now he's moved enough pieces around that every player has been, other than Anthony Simons, right, has been acquired by Joe Cronin, like straight up from, from the beginning, not just like given a new deal like Damon Nurk um, or Nazir Little, but like this, this is his team in his image post Damian Lillard into the new era. This is a fun, 
a fun, probably better than we think it's going to be or better than I thought it was going to be type of group. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think that I think that's too far, and I, I think honestly that's fine. Um, I know some people want just like they want to watch competitive basketball, so saying like I don't think they're going to make the playoffs is like hey hater, but like the West is really good, and it's fine if they're not very good this year. But they're set up; they're in a good spot. They have front court depth, missing a little, little depth at the forward spots. They have front court depth. They have more guard depth than they need. They should prioritize getting some forwards in the Brogdon deal. Uh, they've got the draft capital you wanted. They come away from this week, an acrimonious ending to the Damian Lillard era, for at least from his perspective, uh, in a better spot than they were. And I think it is really hard to pivot off superstars in the league and end up with like that immediate return where you're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to be all right. Usually it's picks way, way, way down the road where you're like, well, remember when they traded James Harden? Well, they ended up getting Steven Adams and it's like, it's okay in the end. You know, it's, this is, there is some immediate return in, 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 in Aiton and Robert Williams. There is some return down the line in a 20 and then 2024 pick this summer from Golden State. We have two first to add to the, add to the mix. Or, or uh, if you, if you make a trade, be comfortable trading first round picks. Although I can't imagine they would do that. And then you've got these future picks that could be really valuable. This was a pivot that was, aggressive and true to what Cronin told us publicly that he was going to try to do what's best for the Blazers. When he spoke at summer league, that's kind of what he said. He was, he wasn't as maybe um, emphatic that it was going to work out, but that he was going to, he had to prioritize being patient and doing what's best for the team. And sometimes that meant having more than one destination. Damian Lord didn't get to go where he wanted to go, but he ends up in a good spot and the Blazers end up, in the aftermath, in a good spot themselves. Job well done and job also not done because you've built a a team that's like not going to be truly, truly, truly terrible, but you are still young with, like I said, six rookie contracts to grow with, plus some veteran deals to grow with, plus some future trade ammunition to grow with, plus some draft picks to grow with. I think they had their cake and then were able to eat it too. What more could you want? Okay, this show is supposed to be a preview of uh, of Media Day. Media Day's tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be there. Well, I will, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask every question. I was like, I'll ask the questions. Like, no, I'll, I'll be there. Well, I will, you know, participate in the press conferences with the um, the players you want to talk to, right? With Cronin and Chauncey and and the, and the, the new guys. And then after uh, after that, I'll come back and I'll have some reaction for you here. Talk about what we learned and look ahead to the important things the Blazers are going to sort out as they head to Santa Barbara for training camp. Fun week and a fun season ahead. Come back and join us for more. It's uh, locked on Blazers. Uh, oh, another one I got for you. I was there. I also was going. I have an interview with uh, Brandon Clean of Locked On Suns talking about DeAndre Ayton. That will that will probably be Wednesday's show. For, so for look for look for that one on Wednesday. That's that's media day reaction. DeAndre Ayton recap. We'll um we'll. We'll continue to we'll continue to do what we do here, which is which is make it more fun to be a Trailblazers fan. So tell your friends, come back for more. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.